That's right. Podcast world by myself. No plan. This ride number three, trip number three. I'm still tripping. I'm still blackout. What's going on, everybody out there in the world, in the many lands? Shout out, first of all, first of all, shout out to everybody taking the L. My man Cam Newton, Nelly. Jamel Hill, uh, 45 in the Oval. I don't like to say my man's name, but for my own personal reasons. Yeah, uh, Mr. Weinstein, that guy. Shout out to everybody taking the L, man. It's a crazy world we live in. And, yeah, people ain't going to learn, apparently. First off, I'm going to start with the guy that occupies that office, the highest in the land. Today, what's this, this, the 18th of October, right? I saw the story about his interaction with the widow of a soldier who passed away. Now, I'm not really in the camp that's rolling with the things this guy's doing. But I will say this. The guy needs to get better people around him. You can't make mistakes like that. Personally, as a person who's has very, very, very close military ties, I don't see why he was even the person to reach out to him. It should have been somebody in his squad, troop or whatever, who reached out to that man's family and explained the situation that tried to comfort him. The, I mean, comfort the family somebody that actually knew the man who may have had some sort of relationship with his family prior to him um, beating his ultimate demise. I feel like any gesture like that is hollow and it's usually used for like political gain when that's brought up. Because let's keep, let's keep it real. Military people die every day, B. And I'm not being funny about that shit. I just happen to know I'm I've been in situations to being very close to military personnel, so I, I know that there's been there's, there's times where a lot a lot of people they get missing. So for me personally, if I was in that situation, or if anybody close to me was in that situation, the last thing I would want is somebody who's not even really attached to my significant other, like speaking to them. I would want somebody that was worked closely with me, or if I'm say if I'm the spouse, I would want somebody that worked closely with my spouse 
giving me the info, coming to comfort me. I feel like it's hollow, and I get the fact that in this climate, it's media sexy for the the big guy in the office to do that. And I know even if he was like, hey, this happened, I really want to reach out to this family. I want to do this. His camp should have been like, you, you don't need to do that. Because at this point, everything my man says is inflammatory. Everything. And I hate to be an asshole about it, but what he said, if that is in fact what he said, was a true statement. The people that sign up to join the military, they know that their life expectancy will drop. They know that the likelihood of them being killed before their time is a possibility. So if what they're saying he said is true, he didn't lie. It's just the wording was wrong. He shouldn't have said it that way. He shouldn't have been speaking to them at all. It would have been better off for him had he made a statement and not even said the statement. Just put it out there for people to read. Because at this point, anything he says, anything he tweets is inflammatory. He needs to put that through his press secretary. That's my take on that. I, that's the most amount of energy I'm willing to give that. Because dealing with that individual, you could bring a million things up. So that that's that's all I'm going to give that. That doesn't really deserve as much attention as they're giving it. They should let that, that family grieve. Because now the media is going to be fucking with this lady and her family for a while. And it's sad. My heart goes out to her family. But that wasn't the right move for that team to make, in my humble opinion. I'm going to move on now to uh, Cam Newton. My man Cam is a superstar. But if you black and you're a superstar athlete, you are a target. Anything you say can and will be used against your black ass by the people that don't fucking like you. If something he, he said it jokingly and judging by the reaction he had at the press conference, when he meant that, when he said that it, it was funny, he genuinely meant that. Those were his real feelings at the time. I didn't think he meant it to be insulting, but hey, fuck it, it was. Like, I don't know how many sporting events I watch and seen female reporters on the sidelines or courtside or on the fucking baseball diamond. Shit, working at ESPN. They know what's going on. He not, he may have not personally encountered this, but it was a mistake on his part, and he paid for it with the loss of those uh, sponsors. I don't think it was that deep, but then again, I'm not a woman, so I can't give you that perspective. I just think it was unfortunate. It was real unfortunate. He's probably done more good for women or young women who want to be athletes or whatever charity or foundation. He's probably done more good than he did harm by making that statement. But like I said, big target. You've been in the media before. Black athlete, it's easy for somebody to twist your words. Even though he did say it, it's easy for somebody to make a bigger deal out of what he said because it's Cam Newton. Now, I think it's one of his teammates. It may have been one of his teammates that said something even worse, and I don't have that uh, available to me right now, so I won't even attempt to repeat it, but you barely hear his name. They had Cam Newton apologizing on fucking Thursday Night Football. 
from his Twitter account. They made sure they played that shit in prime time. It didn't make a difference. That motherfucker still lost them sponsors. The funny thing is, when Riley Cooper was on camera calling people a nigger, I don't think they played this shit during prime time. His apology. They caught that motherfucker after practice <laughs> with a few microphones in his face, and they did this shit right then. And it, after that, it was a wrap. So, you know, Cam is a superstar. He'll bounce back. There'll be more deals. I believe he has his own company. I think he has his own clothing line. So it's not going to hurt him too much. All right. I'm going to stick with sports and talk about Jamel Hill. Super talented. Knowledgeable. It's unfortunate. From what I understand, she had been warned prior to this. And she repeated the mistake. Hopefully, she keeps her job at ESPN. Or, or she goes to Fox, was it Fox Sports FS1 and uh, gets more money. You know. And that's really all I can give you about that one. Uh, yeah. What has been done has been done. The Twitter gets you in trouble. People with jobs got to know that. Twitter is going to get you in fucking trouble. As much as we feel we should be able to say whatever we want, reality ain't like that. And you will deal with the consequences if you cross your boss or you embarrass the company that puts... The paycheck in your pocket. You fuck around and make them look bad. And they don't agree with what you said. Your ass is going to pay the price. Somebody as talented as her ain't bulletproof. And that's the lesson that everybody should have learned from what just happened to Jamel Hill. She's easily, easily one of the most talented people they have at ESPN. And they still suspending her black ass. When she started talking about them sponsors, shit got real. You start fucking with people's money, and all that leniency is a wrap. They gonna be on your head. So, I hate this. I don't think that what she said warranted her being suspended. I think as a writer, it was sports, it was uh, sports related. Unfortunately for her, the company didn't agree, and I don't know if she's back. I haven't been tracking on this uh, closely. But we'll, we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> now, Nelly, I, I don't I don't know, man. They, the accusations are out there. Now, do I believe Nelly raped anybody? No, I don't think somebody who's been having their way with the women for the longest amount of time has been is out there raping people. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. The, the difference with Nelly is like. Women are actually physically attracted to him. So from what I've heard, so I don't really see him having to go out his way to rape somebody. And from what I understand, the young lady has already apologized for that. So I, I do feel, however, that there should be consequences for that shit. You can't drag a man's name through the mud like that. You can't. Because once somebody hits you with that rape allegation, or say you're like your child molester or you beat women, that shit's gonna stay there for the rest of your life. It ain't going anywhere. You gotta wear that for the rest of your life. I think that they should be punished harshly for that. If, if it's knowingly, like if they knowingly told a lie and they're like, yeah, this individual did X, Y, Z to me. I didn't want this to happen. And he took advantage of me. You, you got to pay for that. 
And I'm of the motive, I think, hey, you know what? Scarlet lettered that ass. <laughs> you got to pay. The way you drug that man's name through the mud, your name should be drugged through the mud the same way. You need to wear a letter like a big-ass L for liar <laughs> or something crazy like that. Because the, the damage that does to somebody's career, to them socially, eventually mentally, and more than likely financially is crazy. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not good with that, bro, because any, any time that can happen, man gotta do better. We gotta do better. Look at the boy Harvey Weinstein, all the power in the, in the entertainment industry, and he fucking up, groping chicks. He's dumb enough to get caught on tape. And that's people that, I guess, sign non-disclosure agreements or whatever. So in, in, my, in my opinion, that's part of the problem because they allowed this man to continue this behavior. When you signed that agreement, you said it was okay for him to do this to somebody else because nothing you did prevented him from doing that shit to somebody else. So if somebody does come forward and say that, hey, he did this to me, and they catch him, and it, it turns out to be true like it is with, my, with this guy, anybody who signed a non-disclosure non agreement, I feel like should be punished. They should be fine. Whatever money they took for that, they should have to give double back because they allowed this man to continue to harm people. That's just my personal take on that. Because men, as men, we got to learn you can't put yourself in those positions. And I'll tell you this, I learned something from, one, from somebody, I'm not going to say one of the dumbest motherfuckers I know, but I don't know this guy to be smart. It's a cat named Chris. Um, I was with my one of my bros, my bro um, Weeks from Jack's, New Jack City Music. Check out the website, newjackcitymusic.com. My homie got a record label popping. But we have a, I won't say a mutual friend. It's like what they say on the sign for the friend-in-law. Like my man is cool, but he's more of his friend than my friend. But he said something that, that I'll never forget. He said that when a man is choosing a woman, if that woman isn't on the same level as that man, he may reach down and take that woman and still be with her, right? And I, I agree. A man in that situation with a woman who's not on the same level, whether it be financially or whatever, if he's interested in a woman, one or two things are going to happen. If he only cares for her a little bit or doesn't really care for her for the long haul, He'll be with her, but he's going to try to keep her down. He's not going to try to elevate her. But if he sees something in that woman, he'll be with her and he'll try to elevate her. Now, on the flip side of that, what he said was, if a woman is at a certain level and a man is not on that level, she ain't fucking with him. And for the most part, from it seems to be true. If you look at our society, that seems to be true. Like, one of the things that women are said to want in a mate is security, which is completely understandable for the way our society is set up. I really believe that men and women have certain roles in the household, certain traditional roles. That doesn't mean those roles can't flip-flop when appropriate, but I believe there's a certain structure to the American way of life, American household, and what we're taught and what we grew up with. A man has a certain role to fulfill. I feel like a man should provide. I have a natural 
it's something in me that makes me feel like I should provide for my family. I don't have to be the absolute breadwinner, but I have to contribute. I have to. So I feel what he's saying. And, and women, I think a lot. I don't know any woman or want to know any woman that's acceptable of a bum. Now, if she's working so my man can go to school, that's one thing. But if he just at home ain't doing shit, she got the game fucked up, and he does too. I don't even really consider that a man, in my personal opinion. I'm not considering you a man if you're cool with letting your woman carry the weight while you don't do shit. That's sucker shit to me. It always, it will always be in my sucker if you let your woman carry the load while you don't do shit. You that the fucking house better be clean, babies better be fed, dogs walked. She better not even have to think about taking out that trash. If she bringing home all the bread and you ain't doing shit but eating it up while she at work. Your punk ass need to have a job. You better Uber or be catching the bus to go get a fucking job somewhere. I don't give a fuck if you got to sweep up here in the barbershop. As no man in my eyes should ever be comfortable letting a woman provide for him. Unless he's under the age of 15 and cannot get a fucking job. If you live with your mama, your ass need to have a job. Fast food places are always hiring. So you get, that shit gets no play for me at all. Get your bitch ass up and get a job. And I say that point to say this. When a man has access to funds and a man has profile, he cannot put himself in a situation where he uses that to his advantage and abuses that and think nothing's gonna happen to him. Eventually, if you are consistently doing this and you are brazen, you will fuck up. You will get caught. Some shape, form, or fashion, you will fuck up and get caught. Look at Kobe. Look at the guy Weinstein. Just any, like one of these fucking basketball wives, I'm sure like 90% of them chicks been cheated on. These guys going to different cities, wilding the fuck out. NFL players, thousands of kids. This shit's going to catch up to you somehow. They got whole reality shows based on this shit. You basically getting pimped. You done worked all your life to reach it to this pedestal only for you to get with a woman that ain't going to do shit for you. 90% of the time. But, but be attractive. And that's because I feel like people like easy. Everybody likes easy. Nobody wants to do something hard. So the man with the access is going to be attracted to the easy woman because he may feel like she's discardable. She wasn't with you from the mud, so when it comes time to get rid of her, you get rid of her. And the woman sees the man as the meal ticket because what she's bringing to the, the party is her body. This is me. You can have me. You just got to take care of me. And it's a crazy dynamic. Or you have the gatekeepers. It's easier for that actress to get that role if she goes to Mr. Weinstein. All she got to do is let him grab some ass and she's in the gate. Maybe. But everybody's not going to be with that shit as the guy found out. And now he's taking the L of all types of L's. His name, his family name is fucking ruined. You can't even drink wine anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That Weinstein is a rat. He's never, ever ever gonna recover from this shit nor should he nor fucking should he because he got to a spot he was a guy he was a gatekeeper he let that access go to his fucking head and now he's all fucked up
Now, he's still going to have money because he's been doing this shit for fucking years. But they probably going to tax that ass. He may do some jail time. He may. And if even if he does, it'll probably be somewhere nice because of his funds. But his name and the name of his family has been fucking ruined. And they'll probably lose some money. But I don't think at any point he's going to be necessarily out on his ass. He's going to always have some money to fall on and shit. So that that's the problem with, some, with these folks with this money that they feel like they can do whatever the fuck they want to do. And then they get caught and they got to adjust. But it's never really a big deal because they're going to bounce back. They may do some jail time, but when they're going to say they're going to fall, if I ever fall off, I'll fall on a big pile of money. So he probably don't give a fuck. He's going to let his lawyer do his thing and he'll probably get hit with some bullshit and he'll be back on the street. Just like that guy that raped that chick behind that dumpster. And the judge didn't want to, well, he didn't want to fuck up the guy's future. The fuck out of here. Tax them motherfuckers. Don't sit in the jail. Take all that goddamn money. So now you got to go back and explain to the rest of his family why they're broke. Because he out here groping women and shit. That's how you stop that. You start taking these motherfuckers' money, instead of, you going to threaten them with jail time? His lawyer going to get that case pushed back so many times. People won't stop thinking about it. The judge won't feel pressure to lock this fucking monster up and he'll go away. Even if he does do minimal time of probation, he's gonna be living in a big ass house. So it's not really gonna affect him. Take that, take them fucking funds and take the funds for anybody who signed that agreement. So now you hold people in whatever industry, you hold them accountable. Because you allowed the monster, you were a part of creating this monster. If you let this person get away with harassing you, they're going to do it to others. You helped set the blueprint for the bullshit. I feel like you should be held accountable for it. That's that's just my take. It's how I feel. If you don't like it, you'll be alright. Trust me. Um, speaking to people with access and people working their whole lives to get to a certain spot in life, I want to give a, a big shout out to my man Gordon Hayward for anybody who saw the um, NBA tip-off that happened last night. My man dislocated his ankle, I believe, and fractured his tibia. It's, it's crazy, and and that's what I said. Why I said what I was said, what I said in that episode about when these athletes use that platform. And I was speaking, you know, of course, about the black athletes, but there's white athletes that are involved in the communities too. There's white athletes that support some of these black athletes. So that that's why I was so passionate about it. Why I feel like I was, I remember being, but if I wasn't, then I will be now. And I say that because I firmly believe that most people that make it in sports, in the music industry, well, no, specific, we'll, we'll say specifically sports because that's who's doing the speaking out right now. We'll say specifically sports. I feel like these young men and women have worked the majority of their lives to get to that spot. They've competed amongst the best. They've maintained their health. They've checked all the boxes. They made it to this elite level. So anytime they speak out, they're putting themselves at risk. So what you have to think about is how much does this matter? Well, everybody's calling them ungrateful. I don't know who the fuck they're ungrateful to because if you put the ball in their hand 
and you train them and you help them get to that spot and you feel like they betrayed you, you may have an argument. But they're the ones who went out there and executed. And they say like 98.9% of people aren't those guys. So when an athlete gets out there and says an unpopular decision, they're putting themselves at risk. Because wasn't it the Chiefs owner who said anybody, coach or player, that protests the national anthem in any way, he getting the fuck out of there? I believe he was the one who said that. They don't get these owners and the people that make money off these teams, they don't give a fuck about you fighting your whole life to be on that team. The minute you start to cost them money or lose them favor with the masses, they will let your ass go. So that's why when I, I respect the athletes that get to this spot, they get to these pedestals and speak their mind, and they're unafraid to speak their mind, I, you got to respect them. Because they worked their whole lives to get to this spot. And that shit could be gone in an instant. Look at Cap. Done. He got hurt. Came back. Played on a trash team. <laughs> was successful than the, let's say, more successful than a, we'll say stat-wise, a good percentage of the QBs still in the league right now. I know Green Bay need to be calling right now. If I'm Green Bay, fuck all the bullshit. I'm trying to win games. I'm trying to keep this team afloat until Aaron Rodgers comes back. I'm calling cap. Anyway, that's my exact point. Shit, even Aaron Rodgers, he broke his uh, collarbone or clavicle. I can't remember which one. But just like that, commercials, all that shit could go away. If he can't come back and fucking play, he might be done. Unless he can segue into being like some type of comment, some commentator or something. Gordon Hayward, I hope he comes back, and I hope he's the same player that he was looking like he was going to be this year. But that's what I'm saying. Like, success in the in the sports arena, in the sports field is fleeting. So when these guys get there and they get to that pedestal, everything they do publicly is a risk. Everything. That's why I have so much respect for guys that are willing to stand up and speak their mind. Because these guys and these women – they're definitely role models, whether they want to be or not. They're role models to somebody. Somebody's watching them. So just I ask that the people who feel the opposite way, think about that. Think about how easily their lives can be derailed. I know people that, I know a few people that were on the road to become athletes, that had promise, that had skill. They fucked around and they got hurt. Some of those people... Because of that change in their path, ended up risking their lives by serving in the military. It's like the path your life takes is crazy. So for the, those who are lucky enough and skilled enough to make it through all that, leave the folks alone, man. Sit back and listen before you 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 think. Sit back and think before you jump to a conclusion about why somebody's doing something. Because just because they have money now doesn't mean they weren't broke before. That's just something to think about. Man, Um, because it's all over the internet. And speaking of the internet, I want to say something to uh, especially my black people. Especially, especially us. Now, recently I've seen this video circulating of this, uh, I guess I'll call him a rapper. Looks like a young thug, wannabe, ripoff, whatever. And it's getting shared, it's going viral like crazy. So I'm talking to my black people when I say this right now, specifically. So 
my nigga, do not tag, share, message that shit to anybody. And I know it looks crazy, and you might think it's funny, but it's not. This is the slippery slope shit I was talking about when I went on one of my Facebook rants that all my home, that all my friends and shit they saw a while back. Once we start accepting this shit, it's going to become a trend, and more people are going to do it. If you share this foolishness, the message you're sending to this guy and to anybody watching him that may think, oh, it's a good marketing tool, you're sharing and you're encouraging this type of behavior. Don't share the shit. Don't share it. Shun it. Shun these motherfuckers. Now, if he was saying, hey, I'm a transgender rapper, you got to kind of leave it alone. That guy, he's, he's, he's got some shit going on. He's trying to work through it. Cool. But this is just an idiot in the dress. You're going to kneel down like you, like, you sucking, like you sucking the gun like it's a nigga or something? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, don't share that. Don't put us in that light. It's bad for the it's bad for black people, one, because he's a fucking clown, he's a coon and a buffoon. And it's bad for rap music, period. It's bad for the culture. We shouldn't pay that shit. No type of mind. If he wants to be the dummy in the class throwing fucking snack packs at the wall, let that man do that shit. Don't share it. Don't encourage it. Because that's what we're doing. We're we're encouraging this type of buffoonery. Look, if you don't believe me. They said the same shit about Young Thug. This motherfucker, Young Thug, parlayed that, unfortunately, and had his album coming with him having a dress on. So all this young cat is doing is copying what he saw as a successful means to garner attention. We cannot continue to support this shit. And I'm all for, I'm all for us supporting our own and supporting music, but somebody out there dancing with weird colored hair, a fucking wedding dress on, guns, that there's, there's no good fruit that will come from this tree of stupidity. Do not share that shit. Stop sharing the fucking fight videos, all that dumb shit. With black people going off in the store, don't share it. Because we all know, as black people, that is a small percentage of us but that doesn't, the percentage of people acting like this doesn't match up with the perception of people who don't have close contact with black folks. There's a whole segment of our society that doesn't fucking see us. All they know is the bullshit they see on TV and the bullshit they read. So please do not share this buffoonery. It's only going to come back to harm us and to make these young guys that are up-and-coming musicians, if you want to call them that, follow that mold. Future mumbled his ass off. It became marketable. Everybody mumbles and auto-tunes now. Jeezy and them came out with the dope boy shit. Tipped them back in the day. Now the dope boy shit became marketable. You go to World Star, all you see is a bunch of copycat, cookie-cutter, wannabe rap artists, and they're all following the same mode. It can't be that many dope boys in the world for every one of these motherfuckers to be selling drugs successfully and having all this money. But that's the image that we're portraying to our youth. 
you got to think about it. These kids who were 18, 19, in their early 20s, they grew up listening to rap, the rappers that were drug addicts. Lil Wayne. They grew up in the lean era where it's cool to be halfway in your brain. So it's just like the slope is continuing to slide down. We got to be more careful. We got to be more careful, man. We cannot continue to play ourselves like that. It's disrespectful, one. is <laughs> to everybody who's done music before who actually put their heart into it. It's disrespectful. And these kids, they're actually the victims of this shit because while they have access via the internet to what the art form actually is, they don't want to hear that shit because they never heard it. The generation before them never heard it. They never really heard fucking De La Soul, Talib Kweli, Mos Def, Tribe Called Quest, Common. They don't even really know that shit exists. And that's because when these old white people saw that they could monetize rap music and throw a bunch of fucking money into it, they changed the demographic of tastemakers. Now, in order for you to be successful, you have to appear to a much wider demographic. So the shit Talib Kweli is talking about and the shit Common and Dan President are talking about, is it going to make that demographic happy? We went from having a conscious stream of hip-hop to a gangster stream of hip-hop to a party stream of hip-hop to it being all party and gangster music. And the conscious shit got pushed to the side. So no youngster really even knows what it's like to listen to like a conscious rapper unless they've been exposed by somebody. Like the closest they're going to get is Kendrick or J. Cole. And while that's good, there's more of that out there than they're aware of. So for the few that aren't just listening to the little Uzi whatever the fucks and Lil Yachty and all them, they don't know that that shit exists. They don't know anything other than what they've grown up with. So it's, it's kind of up to us to put that other out there. You can, you know, Molly Perkins said it up, but here's this common song about what if black women ruled the world. You know, you, you got to have balance. If you don't have balance, you will fail, and we are currently failing right now. They don't take the music, the art form seriously. Like, they even got it at the guy. Drake's probably like the number one rapper in the world right now. If you look at, you know, fan support. And they went at, they were looking at him crazy because they were like, oh, the Quentin Miller dude ghost wrote Drake's lyrics. Meek Mill and them was, was talking shit about, we don't know if Drake's really writing his lyrics. And that's, the way the internet went off, that's how you know these motherfuckers grew up off of mixtapes. Because, and, and iTunes and shit, because if you were buying albums before mixtapes, the album was more than just the album artwork. There was actually a booklet in there. And in that booklet, you can go through and read through the track listing, and you'll have at least three to four writers on almost every song. You'll know who made the beat, who mixed it, engineered it, and all that shit, all up under one song, and it'd be at least three to four writing credits under all of that shit. So the, the kids don't know the value of this music. It's so instant, instantaneous. You can download it 99 cent for a song somebody probably worked four hours on and put their life into. You can get it for 99 cent. And then go on the internet and call them fucking trash. All in a matter of five minutes. Download the song, listen to it. This guy's trash. 
they don't respect the art form. So when they in turn start aspiring to become musicians, they don't put the work into it. But these guys won't be around for the long haul. Talib, he's still going to be able to tour. Most Def can still probably go on tour. Comic can still go on the tour. Shit, I was in New York City like a year or two ago, and fucking Rakim selling out. He's selling out the club in fucking off Times Square because he made quality music. These little whatever, they getting all them the fuck out of here. Little Yachty about to be gone. Uzi about to be gone. 21 Savage about to be gone. It's about to, it's it's a wrap. <laughs> That's what it's about to be for them guys because they don't make quality music. If I was one of them, I would make a single every few months and put that out. I would never sign to a fucking record label. Because once your fan base realizes you can't provide a whole body of work, it's a wrap. And because you don't have the lyrics to stand in the paint, you won't last if you don't develop. And you're going to be the fuck out here in a matter of months. Look at them franchise boys, them shop boys, Lil John, Scrappy. All that quick flash in the pan shit, gone. Slim Thug, Mike Jones, gone. All them boys gone. Jadakiss can probably still go on tour right now. Nas can still go on tour right now. Because these guys can stand in the paint and make, and they have their lyrics together. So they're always going to have that core following. And they made good music where you didn't feel like you were going to lose a fucking brain cell by listening to it. It's on us, though. We have to educate and, you know, share a link, man. Share a link with some good music and let these kids catch on to this. And maybe, you know, it'll, it'll turn around again. Maybe... Lyrics will become a thing again. We need more Kendrick Lamar's, more J. Cole's. We need more Drake's, more Wale's, more Electronica's. I'm pretty sure I'm leaving somebody out. And the thing is, with this new wave, some of these kids are really dope. Some of these kids can really fucking rap. But they're never going to get the push a little Uzi or little Yachty's going to get. Never. And that's, that's a fucking mistake. It's truly a mistake. And we're partly responsible for that shit. So we got to try to change the culture and and push it so that the values, the real values of the black community are out there. Not the not all the gun bullshit, not all the over sexualization, but the real values, like a, a sense of community, put that shit back in the music and it may change. Hopefully. And with that guys, I'm about to shut it down, but not quite yet. Not this second. I said something a while back. About wanting to put a spotlight on some people, some of the homies. And I'm going to do that now. I don't know what I'm going to call this. I might just call the spotlight on the homies. But we're, we're going to get into the first one right now. And this one is, uh, this was like one of my closest friends, 20 plus years. And he's been an inspiration. So my man's name is Trent Brooks. Right, he, he was born, he's the third of four brothers. He comes from a single-parent household. And this man has had an interest in music for as long as I've known him. He watched his, um, his older brother rap with my homie Gully the Gangster. Shout out Gully the Gangster and uh, them Hunter Game Boys. But uh, he watched them. He watched it from a young age. And I watched him as we grew older. He never gave up on what he was doing. Never gave up. Never gave up. He started right when he was about 10 years old. And when he was around 12, he got his first musical instrument. Like he, 
He, as far as I know, I think he plays like maybe two or three, maybe just two. I know he plays the trumpet. And I would hear him practicing. He was in the band in high school and middle school with my man, God bless the dead, one time for fats. But he's always, my, one of my favorite things about him, he's always been willing to do what people say he couldn't do. He's always been a hard worker. When it, when it came to music, he was all in. And even when we got to high school, one, I don't know which one of us found out about it, but we found that there was an MTV music generator, a commercial that came on. I don't know if it was me, but somebody sparked an interest in it. I think my man Weeks was the first one to get it. And we found a way to make beats on a PlayStation. So my man would be in there grinding. Him, Weeks, my boy that nigga, they would all be making. I don't know if that nigga used music generator, but I know Weeks for sure used it. And my man Trent Brooks used it. And he would grind and he would he would make these beats all the time. And we would go over there and do our thing, perform. Well, not perform. I would say we would go record at his crib. But he was by far, I would say him and Steve, him and Weeks were probably the two most dedicated to it. And that always stuck with me watching him work because he was he was a real he's a real neat dude. He always took care of everything he had. I've seen this man keep a pair of shoes for two or three years as a teenager. And it just showed me that character trait showed me he appreciates everything he had. He didn't come from much money. You know, he came from a single parent household. He saw his mother go to work every day and provide for her boys. And I can only assume that that, that work ethic stuck with him. And whatever he did, he went out, he got it cracking. He made mistakes, he fucked up, but he never quit. He never fucking quit. And, you know, as he progressed with the music, he, he kept making it. He, he moved away, came back, and that time recorded a whole album with God knows what. But he came back and he ended up joining the military. He joined the military and he started to fund his interests. He got drum machines after drum machine. He was making beats for people he went to that he was stationed with. He's lived on two coasts. He was from Florida, been to California, Japan, back to Jacksonville, and he eventually he got out and he went to Full Sail University, following his dream. And as of the fall of 2016, my man graduated with a bachelor's in recording arts. And it's something that, that stuck with me. Like, I, I just, he's an inspiration to me because he never let nobody stop him. Even right now, he got his degree, and now he's trying to build his portfolio up. But in the meantime, he's still doing beats, still helping out the homies. He was always the one to call it, hey, encouraging, hey, man, let's record. We can put this out. We can do this. We can do that. Pushing his brother, all that. So I wanted to say, to my bro, I appreciate you. I respect you, bro. You inspire me. And uh, may you never stop. I wish you the most success. I will always support you. And I always want to be a part of everything you're doing because you make me want to be better and do better. And that's why we got to keep good people in our circle. You got to do that. So as I feel indebted to you, for inspiring me, I'm going to. I took out some time to put the spotlight on you, on something you encouraged me to do, 
and helped me with the process with it, man. So I appreciate you, man. I love you. I wish you the most success. Keep on going. You know I'm always going to be in your corner, man. And, uh, yeah, man, that's it. Before I get too emotional in this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end it. I wish you all love and success. Please uh, rate, review. Remember, uh, praise is great, but critique is necessary. So let me know how I'm doing, and I'm going to keep pushing. And if you ever feel like you want to give me any topics, I can be reached at noplayinthisride at gmail.com, all lowercase. Noplayinthisride at gmail.com, all lowercase. Hit me there. Um, I have made a Twitter for this. It's noplay247, capital N, lowercase o, capital P, L-A-Y, noplay247 at Twitter. Uh, I want to say thank you guys for the feedback I've been getting, and I'm going to keep on pushing. Peace. Yo, yo, I know I said I was I was gone, but I fucked up. So I'm back. And uh, I didn't give my man's info out. I don't know how you profile an individual and not give out their social media in this day and age. So, for my bro, Mr. Trent Books, um, he could be reached at www.soundcloud.com slash rooksonthebeat. Also, Ghost Rider Influence Music. Yes, the writer is spelled the black way. R-I-D-A. So that's all over case at Ghost Rider Influence Music on both Facebook and Instagram. So get at my man to get your beats. He can, I think he, he's an audio engineer, so he may be able to mix and master that shit. I don't know for sure, but holla at him when you after you listen to this, and maybe he can give you some more info. I want to also give a big shout out to my old lady because a nigga went to Jack in the Box and they good without her ass. Yeah, and she won't know unless she listen to the show.